Lang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Alright, happy Sunday everyone. I kind of like the beat of that song. The Papa Inda Kong Anyway, how many of you are joyful this day to, that you are here in, uh, you know, physically in the, in the mall? Come on now. For those of you who are joining us also online, we'd like to welcome you. Welcome to church. Uh, today happens to be the last Sunday of February. And before long, it's going to be Christmas time again, right? I always say that. Every time we change the, the month end. And so, uh, we are so happy. You know, we had a great time here just feeling the presence of God. How many of you enjoyed our time of worship? Can we just thank the Lord once again? Can we just exalt the Lord? Clap our hands for Him. Uh, you know, thank you so much, music team, for, for that. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that you probably felt that as well at home. Uh, even if you are there, uh, you know, the presence of God is not bound uh, by any space or time. And you can actually enjoy and feel the presence of God right there in your home. And uh, we are about to end our series on joyful. But it doesn't mean that we're ending, you know, uh, the, the attitude of being joyful, you know, throughout the year 2021. Uh, it's a study on the book of Philippians. We've been through this in the past four weeks. Today happens to be the fourth week. Uh, week number one, we talked about joy in our sufferings. And how many of you can actually, you know, find joy even in the midst of uh, physical pain or suffering? You know, finding purpose uh, in Christ. You talked about that, that to live is Christ, to die is gain. And, you know, one thing that we need to find out why we're here on earth is really Christ. He is the ultimate reason why we exist. Uh, week number two, we talked about joy in humility, joy in putting others first. And how many of you know that is hard? It's hard to consider others better than yourself. Um, you know, they said that the greatest love of all is to learn to love yourself. I'm not sure if that's biblical. But, you know, you know the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and love your, your neighbor as you love yourself. And then you go and serve others. And then last week, Pastor Bodhi talked about Pursuing Christ, the joy in pursuing Christ. I press on toward the goal for the price for the call of God in Christ Jesus. What an excellent uh, you know, message last Sunday. Uh, and last Sunday, I happened to be out, out of town. Uh, and I'm, I'm so grateful for Pastor Bodhi to take on the pulpit. Uh, as I said, you know, we took a short break as a family and went to uh, Batangas uh, with some church friends. Uh, don't worry, we took COVID tests, everyone, and we are all negative. So, you know how it is, you know, you take that swab test. I feel, I, you know, it is my fourth swab test and it's, it's always been negative. I felt like every time they put that thing, they adjust my brain. You know, it's it just, you know, it's like eating wasabi or something like that, okay? And so this trip brought so much fun, so much joy uh, to me and my family. You know, I would wake up early in the morning every day. You know, we were there for three days. And I would wake up at about 5.30, 5.45 every day because... Right at the beach is sunrise. It's not a sunset beach. It's a sunrise beach. And so I would actually take my phone and do a time lapse. And I would actually take, you know, just enjoy a time of worship with the Lord. I, we would play worship music right there at the beach. And it would bring so much joy. I enjoyed the time with God. Enjoyed the time with family. And enjoyed uh, a time of rest from work. How many of you know that pastors need rest from time to time as well? I actually enjoyed watching Pastor Bodhi. Uh, you know, preach from, you know, remotely, uh, you know, right there, three hours away from this place. And it's amazing. You know, we're, we're grateful for technology. We enjoy that. I enjoy that time of even, you know, being there outside, but at the same time being engaged with worship and with preaching. Uh, 
I also enjoyed, you know, the healthy meals that were served because, you know, our hosts happened to be health enthusiasts, okay? They taught us how to eat cauliflower instead of rice. But anyway, so what a life. Anyway, so we laughed at the stories of friends. You know, that weekend, last week, was really a joyful experience for us. But my question for us today is this. Can we find joy in other circumstances like loss of job? Or maybe a failed marriage? Or maybe we're in the midst of sickness? And we have been going through this in the past few weeks. Maybe you know, betrayal from friend, or maybe lack, or maybe you have been a victim of injustice. I mean, how can you find joy in those situations and circumstances? Maybe failure in life. And I do believe that as we read our text this morning, or this day, that we will actually find that there is so much more to life than just the pursuit of joy and the pursuit of happiness. And if you have your Bibles with you, and I'm pretty sure that you have, please open to the book of Philippians chapter 4. And we have been, you know, if you notice, we've been joining one chapter every week. Philippians 1, first week, 2, second week, 3. And then today, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. And we'll be reading from verses 4 to 10 and then jump to verse 19, okay? I'd like to invite everybody to stand up with me as we read God's Word. And we are, you know, standing in reverence uh, for the Word of God to be read this morning. And for those of you joining us at home, go ahead and uh, just open your you know, whatever Bible you have, hopefully it's a physical Bible, paper Bible like what I'm holding here right now. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord always. Not just in some ways or some days, always. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that at now length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to be ab- to abound. In any of and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Verse 13, can we all read this out loud? I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And then let's jump to verse 19. Let's all read it again. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time today. Even as we study your word, I thank you that you will speak your encouragement and infuse a fresh joy upon your people today. Whatever it is that we're facing, whether in 
plenty, whether in lack, whether in sickness, whether in health, whatever it is that we're going through right now, I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And may you continue to exalt yourself today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to your church today and teach us, transform us more and more into the image of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. All right. Uh, you know, when you talk about joy, we, we, we like joy. We like to be joyful all the time. You know, we're, we're, it's almost like the world today is always on a pursuit of happiness or joy. But in fact, you know, when we read the book of uh, Philippians, and I encourage you to go through it again if you haven't gone through the whole book. It's a very short uh, epistle. You know, joy is the hallmark of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And the subject matter of this particular letter, yes, it's brief, but it's a robust passage of Scripture. You know, we see the words being repeated over and over again. And joy, rejoice, uh, 16 times, you know, all throughout the passage, we see that uh, throughout the epistle. You know, personally, you know, I, you know, I want to share to you some, some, uh, some of my, my, my likes. Okay? I, I love coffee, okay? Um... Uh, you know, uh, an office mate of mine introduced me to coffee, you know, in victory. I didn't drink coffee when I was in college. But when I went to the office one day, we were still meeting at the, you know, the Rock in Bossig. Uh, one of my office mates brought a coffee machine to work. And every single day, I would smell coffee. And that was the beginning of this love affair with coffee. I love coffee. And I want to try different kinds of coffee. I'm not sure. How many of you are coffee enthusiasts here? Please raise your hand. How many of you cannot start your day without coffee? You know, I start my day with coffee and I end my day with coffee. Believe it or not, I can still sleep with coffee in my body. I want to try different kinds of coffee. For those of you watching, you know, Arabica, Robusta, Single Origin, Excelsa. You know, I want to try it in different forms. Espresso, Americano, long black. If there's a long black, there's a flat white. I'm not really sure what this, the difference, okay? Uh, of course, I know, okay? But cappuccino, you've got caramel macchiato. You've got uh, Vietnamese latte. You've got different ways of preparing it. Drip, coffee maker. You've got pour over. You've got AeroPress. You've got French press. You've got the siphon method. You've got the cold brew. How many of you love cold brew? Cold brew with cream. Asap non. And we've got Turkish coffee, we've got percolator, mocha pot. In other words, I kind of want to be a coffee connoisseur. Not really, but I'm really interested in finding out different kinds of coffee and different beans or whatever. Now, Paul in Philippians is also calling us to be joy connoisseurs. And he wants us to drink joy every chance we get. It's almost like me wanting to drink coffee if there's an opportunity for me to try a new you know, taste of coffee, I'll try it. You know, I'm, the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians is telling us any chance that you can actually find joy in whatever circumstance that you are in, go ahead and drink it and enjoy it. I believe that for every believer, and that's us. How many of you are believers here? You believe in Christ, okay? For every believer, I believe joy is not optional. In fact, the Apostle Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord Always. You see that in verse 4. And then he said it again, rejoice. You know, it's not about just us choosing whatever we have, you know, our situation. And then he said, let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. 
How many of you are gentle? You know, how, how many of you realize that when you're angry, when you're mad, when you're, you know, pouting about things, you're not gentle. You're uptight. And then the Apostle Paul is saying, let your reasonableness, I love that translation. In the NIV, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Do you realize that people actually see our gentleness? They sense it. They hear it from us. Let it be known to everyone because the Lord is at hand or the Lord's coming is near. The second coming is actually nearer today than when the Apostle Paul wrote this about 2,000 years ago. I'm going to agree with me on that. The Lord is coming soon. So let's find the joy in wherever we are, whatever circumstance we're in. And Paul is not telling us and hoping for us to just find joy. We are not really in search of joy. Paul is telling us to abide in God in such a way that we are immersed in His grace. We don't rejoice in happiness or we don't rejoice in sadness. But guess what? We rejoice in the Lord. Always. Everybody say always. And then he said, again, I will say it again. Very redundant si Paul. I will say it again for the second time once more. Parang ganun sabi ni Paul. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. What's your circumstance? Rejoice. You know, remember, Paul was writing this letter from prison. And so he had every authority to encourage us to rejoice because he is finding joy in the midst of his circumstance. And yet, here we are. We have freedom. We enjoy our time of worship here. You know, for those of you who are worshiping at home and joining us online, you know, you enjoy the time to, today, you know, just studying the scripture. And yet, Paul was also very specific. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, chapter 4 can actually be divided into three different sections. We see a prayer of Paul there. And we're going to look at that in a while. Prayer that brings peace. There's the principle of contentment, the second section. And so also, we're going to look at the provision that we have in Christ. Now, how do we find joy? First, joy comes through praying. How many of you agree with me in that? That there is joy when we pray. When there's joy when we actually speak and present our request to God. It says here in verse uh, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Uh, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, that's a lot packed in such a short verse. Do not be anxious about anything. Why do we need to pray? Because God does not want us to be anxious. God does not want us to be worried. You know, to be anxious means to be weighed down and to be pulled in different directions. How many of you have actually been worried or been anxious? You know, how many of you would agree that, admit that you have been anxious? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. At least once in your life. Yeah, okay. How many of you would, you know, not raise your hand whatever I ask? Okay, just joke lang. You know, we have actually felt that way. We've been anxious. We've been weighed down. We've been worrying too much. Worrying about, you know, the future. Worrying about your job. Worrying about your health. If you're married, worrying about your marriage. Worrying about your children. We've been worried so much about things. 
And I believe that, you know, we need to take off that weight because the, re the reality is we cannot put too much weight and carry too much weight or else we will be crushed. You know, in weight training, uh, there is a principle that you only need to carry enough weight so that you can get the correct form. Because, you know, carry tama bayon, uh, Pastor Bodhi. Shout out to HMD Coach Dan, okay? You know, you, you, know you, you cannot just, you cannot, you know, even if I try to carry 500 pounds and do a squat, I cannot do that. You know, even if I quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to move there later on and clarify what does that verse mean? You know, we can only carry so much weight. You know what? Anxiety and worry are joy stealers. If you're anxious today, guess what? There goes your joy. Most of us don't intentionally choose to be worried or to be anxious. But worry seems to always choose us. Why is that? It always comes. You wake up in the morning, you receive a bad news, boom. And then you already imagine and play fast forward what happens to your life. You feel that there's a back pain, for example. And then you're thinking, oh no, there's cancer. Or no, there's a, there's a cease. Oh no, I'm going to die young. You know, it's already playing in your mind. We worry so much. But God is saying, do not be anxious about anything. If there's anything that you're feeling or anything that you're in need of, go and present this to God. I don't like to worry, but why do we end up doing it? You know, when my girls were little, my job as a father or as a daddy is to carry things around for them. How many of you dads can relate to this? Okay. And they would go to the swimming pool and they would play ball or they would actually have some uh, floaters in the pool. And so after they swam, my job as a dad is to pick up everything and carry it for them going home. They don't care what happens after they swim in the pool. They are carefree because they know that dad is carrying the things for them. You know, why don't we just do it today, you know? That as we move in life, why don't we allow God to carry things for us? Why don't I give all my burdens to the Lord and allow him to carry it for me? You know, because Jesus said, you know, Come to me, those of you who are weary. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's exchange burden and exchange load. Give me your load. I'll carry it for you. Don't worry. Hakuna Matata. Look at the person beside you and tell the person, don't worry. Don't worry with your eyes. Hindutan mo lang siya. Don't worry. You know, I know that when my Father in heaven has them in His hands, I will worry no more. We need to transfer all our concerns to God, whatever it means. Maybe it's your health, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your future, maybe it's a job concern. You know, whatever it is. Maybe it's even you're concerned about the nation, go and transfer it to the Lord. We know that when we pass it on to the Lord, it's like passing the ball to Steph Curry or LeBron James. We know it's in their hands and they will just shoot the ball. I mean, that's how confident we are when we have this, uh, this uh, guys in our team. And so that's what we mean by do not worry. Let go of it. And you know, when, when the Apostle Paul is saying, 
you know, let your present, let your request be known to God. You know, it means everything. But in everything, God is inviting us to go to Him, even the smallest things or smallest concern. Guess what? God will not say, "Alit naman na hinihingi mo, lakay mo naman." You know, even the smallest and the biggest things, God wants to hear it from us. Because ultimately, it's not just about us saying things to God. It's about us having a relationship with God. And that is the beauty of prayer. Prayer is a communication with God. You know, you, you don't just set aside a time in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to pray, okay, five minutes. It's my time with you. And then after the prayer time, I'll see you again tomorrow, okay? Same time, same channel, five minutes. How many of you know that is not a communication, that is not a relationship with God? If I tell that to my wife, good morning, love. I have time with you to communicate today. Same time, same channel, five minutes. See you again tomorrow. That's not a relationship. But yet when we have God as our Father, He longs to hear our voice. He longs for every one of us to come before Him and say, you know, this is my son. This is my daughter. I am pleased with this person because I gave my blood. You know, in, in, in petition, in supplication, what does that mean? Specific requests for help or for benefit. How many of you have needs? Can you please raise your hand? You have needs right now. Yeah, raise it higher. Raise your hands higher. Lord, take a picture, okay? Take note of these people right now and give them whatever they're asking. I mean, it's, it's a very simple request. And I believe that when we ask and when we let go and we transfer the weight in the hands of God. How many of you know that God moves on our behalf? It's as simple as that, church. But the reality is, why don't we pray? Why don't we go and spend time with God? It's because sometimes we have this thing about prayer. It's only for old women. Or it's only for those who have a lot of time. Guess what? If you don't have time, all the more reason that you need to pray. Because prayer is actually communication with God 24-7. It's kind of like open Wi-Fi. It's like 5G. When I drive, I pray. When I, when I take a shower, I pray. When I am stuck in traffic, I pray. When I'm eating, I commune with God. When I am actually preaching right now, I'm praying, Lord, help me here. We commune with God. We don't shut off. You know, Nehemiah, when he was about to face the king, he was asking for, uh, you know, a, a favor. He actually prayed a quick prayer, maybe a second prayer, Lord, help me. And then he spoke to the king, and the king granted this request. How I many of you know that prayer is powerful? It doesn't have to be, and then you fast. Yes, there's a time and a season for fasting. But when we pray, and, and, and you know, this particular text is saying, go and present your request to God. And then what he's saying is, in thanksgiving. In thanksgiving. Advance, thank you, Lord, for the answered prayers. God always answers our prayers. How many of you know that God always answers our prayers? It's either a yes, a no, or a wait. But He always answers our prayers. And when He answers His pray our prayers, it's always for our good. Because His will for us is always good, pleasing, and perfect. And what's the outcome of prayer? We see this. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When we pray, we receive God's peace. The world does not know this peace.
But when we pray, we receive the peace of God. You cannot get the peace of God by watching all the K-drama in the morning, okay, or in Netflix. The world is running out of solutions, but God is giving us peace that is beyond human understanding that enables us to stand in the midst of all difficult situations in life. That's the peace of God. And this peace will guard our hearts from wrong feelings and it will guard our mind from wrong thinking. That's the peace of God. It will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you would love to have that peace of God? That's available for us if we pray. And I believe that the time is coming and it's here. There's a new realm that we're entering into as a church. You know, my prayer for us this, in this season of, you know, uh, in this season of quarantine still, and we have limited uh, people coming, coming here. You know, I miss those days when we would line up outside you know, do you remember those days? You would actually line up to get a seat. You know, and the, before the church starts in the afternoon, there's about 200 people lining up outside waiting to come in to get a seat. Those days are not here. It's, about, it's a bit different. Now you're lining in your computer to get a seat. But I believe that though things have been different, the same power is still here with us. The power of prayer is still to be tapped. And I believe that God wants to show us that there's going to be a new dimension of the supernatural that He's going to be releasing in this church. Amen. That when we pray, He'll answer. And we're called not to pray just token prayers, but we're to pray intercession, prophetic prayers, petitions, supplication. Let's ask specifically for God. I believe that when we pray, God will move. When we pray for the sick, they will recover. When we pray for provision, He will move and He will provide. You know, yesterday we were having a uh, leaders convergence. And for those of you who joined us, I want to thank you for joining us. You, if you missed it, if you're one of, those le- of, of our leaders, you can actually just go and uh, watch it from YouTube. But, you know, after uh, the convergence and we dismissed the people, uh, one of the leaders said that, you know what, Pastor, I've been praying for, for, for five, like five years. I couldn't hear. I have a problem with my hearing. And, but when you were speaking there on stage, I could actually hear you for like for the first time clearly. How many of you know that God is doing supernatural? Come on, can we give the Lord praise for that? I believe that's just the start or a foretaste of what is to come. My faith is that our church, when we pray for people with cancer, they will get well. When we pray for people who are blind, they will recover and they would see. When we pray for people who are lame, they would actually stand up and throw their crutches. According to doctor's advice, okay, of course. But I believe that we are walking now in now in the realm of the supernatural, and that ought to be a normal thing in our church. Jesus said, greater things you will do because the Holy Spirit is with you. Pray. There's joy in praying. Second thing, there's joy in contentment. I want to move, move faster now, okay? Joy and contentment. In, in, in verse 11, it says, I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Joy is not making parineg. I, sorry, Paul is not making, you know, uh, you know parineg you know, to, to, the, to the Philippians. What he's saying is, I'm not here. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to be in plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or whether in plenty or in want. Now, you know, when you talk about this, 
contentment thing. I'm not talking about us not having any goals or ambition in life anymore. How many of you know that it's, it's good to have plans in life? And God wants us to make plans. And God wants us to pursue things. I'm not talking about you not planning anymore. Okay, content na ako. I don't want to move anymore. I'm content. No, I'm not talking about that. But I believe that if we have plans and our plans do not pan, pan out the way we think it should pan out, that we will be content with the outcome of our plans. You know, the Bible says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will prevail. Ultimately, it's God's purpose that will prevail. Amen. So we are told to be content. You know what I found? The secret of joy is found in these three words. There's a secret of joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. That's a secret of joy. Wherever you are, just say those three words. Thank you, Lord. In plenty or in need, thank you, Lord. In Whether I'm well fed or I'm hungry, like right now, thank you, Lord. Whether high or low, thank you, Lord. Whether success or failure, thank you, Lord. I have learned a secret. You know, Job lost his children. If you look at Job chapter 1. And all his businesses just in one chapter. And the outcome of his lips was not complain. It was just pure worship. And what he said was amazing. Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I will depart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was still able to find something in his essence to thank God for. You know, last week before we went out, I, I visited my dad. Uh, my dad is living alone right now in, um, in a townhouse. Uh, you know, it's a three-bedroom townhouse. You know, my, my mom passed away uh, in 2019, and he's now living alone. He, he does not want to live with any of us. And he said, I'm fine living alone. And I said, Dad, how are you? And he said, I am fine. You know, I'm, I'm he used the word, I'm content, and I'm happy. And he was just recounting the time when, you know, he said, you know, I've been an employee for 12 years in Manila Times. And then we went to business. And my dad and my mom started the first uh, school bus business in, in Paranaque. So they were like the first ones who, who did that. And so they did this for like for, for about a decade. And then he said, you know what, after that, I felt like time is up. You know, I've already sent you to to. Uh, school and you know you're already out and you know we've acquired some properties and for me I said this is it this is this is life and so he stopped and I, I asked him so how are you doing and he said you know I, I'm, I live a simple life I just go out not every day but I go out to buy a meal I don't even cook I buy a meal for 100 pesos a day and that's my full meal a day and I'm out. And so from time to time, we actually just send him some, you know, delivery, grab delivery, grab food or whatever, okay? But he said, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am right now. And then he shared to me, you know, in fact, my water bill is uh, 130 pesos. I said, Dad, can I pay your water bill? And he said, no, don't worry about it. I said, Dad, it's okay because my daughter, my daughter's milk tea is more than your water bill. I can take care of it, okay? So I paid, you know, I used Gcash during that time. And I asked him, and it was just a nice chat with my dad. And I just said, how are you health-wise? I said, he said, 
you know, health-wise, I am great. You know, I have the joy of the Lord. He said that I have the joy of the Lord. I have no maintenance. My heart is, in, the reality is he's got no maintenance. No maintenance meds, and I've got four. And I said, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be like you. And I pray that you get to be a hundred so that you can actually see your children's children's children. I have learned the secret of being content. And I have somehow I've seen that in my dad. Proverbs 30 verse 89 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become too poor and steal and so dishonor the name of the Lord my God. You know, I realize that there are temptations, whether you're rich or poor. Can't get away from it. There are temptations. And, you know, Paul is saying that we need to learn the secret, not only when you have nothing, but even when you have plenty. Because when people are rich, if they are not content, they don't know when to stop. And when you are poor, when you are content, the, the reality is you will be envious, you will be jealous, you might actually do something that's illegal so that you can actually be provide, provided for. And the, you know, the, the writer of this proverb is saying, just give me enough. Don't make me too rich. Don't make me too poor. Just give me everything that I need that I will honor you. How many of you know that, that is an amazing prayer? Amen. And in verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this is the most misquoted verses in the Bible because, you know, some people are saying, you know, like I remember uh, Holyfield facing Mike Tyson and he was wearing this uh, Philippines 4.13 in his robe. I can do all things. And what does that mean? That he can actually defeat Mike Tyson. And guess what? Right there in the ring, he actually defeated Mike Tyson. I can do all things through Christ. And then he did it again. Okay, he, he was facing Lex uh, Lewis. Lennox Lewis, or Louis, another guy, heavyweight. He was wearing the same robe. I can do all things through Christ. And then he was beaten by. Because that is what it, not what it meant. What the scripture means is not, you know, whether you are able to run the marathon or, you know, I can do all things through Christ or I want to run for president. I can do all things through Christ. No, the context of this verse is contentment. And Paul is saying, Lord, help me. To be content in wherever situation I'm in. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I want to end with this last point. Joy comes from knowing that God will provide in Christ. And this is a very familiar verse. My God, everybody say, my God will supply all or every need of yours according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you know that God is rich? We don't have to be convinced with that. We are all convinced. We know that. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the gold. He owns everything in this planet. The earth is mine, says the Lord. But yet, the question next is, how many are in Christ? Because he's saying is, you know, my God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And what does it mean to be in Christ? Is it referring to a place like, you know, being in Alabang or being in Festival Mall or being in church? You know, it does not mean being in a place. It means belonging to a person. If you are in Christ, if you belong to Him, 
you're part of his body and he'll take care of you. Amen. And all the riches that he has is yours. When you are in Christ, he will take care of you because you are a part of him. Now, let me just clarify this. God will supply every need, not every greed. Now, if you want to pray for your 20th sneakers, you know, and say, Lord, I need this new Converse shoes. That's your 20th pair. You know, maybe that's a bit too much. We are to be content with what we have. But how many is enough, really? I don't know. Because I believe God is not looking for a whole number. He is looking for a whole heart. And he wants to find out, where is your heart attached to? Is it attached to things? Is it attached to him? And I want to end with this last scripture to encourage us as we move forward. Psalm chapter 16 says, and one of my favorite passages in scriptures, and this is the Psalm of David. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, that word again, surely, I love that word. I will have a delightful inheritance. You know, knowing this particular verse will secure us with whatever we have. And the psalmist is referring to the allocation of the land of Canaan during the time when Joshua brought the tribes of Israel and they were now being allocated, you know, you're from Judah, Asher, Naphtali, blah, blah, blah. And each family in Israel will receive its inheritance by the command of God and by casting a lot. That's how they divided their... There's no land grabbing during that time, by the way. It was casting a lot. And the result of your inheritance or portion is considered disposed and determined by God Himself. He was the one who allocated this portion to you. And each piece of land is considered a divine gift because it was God who gave it to you. Nobody complains. Why am I getting this part? Or why am I getting near, you know, near the mountain? Why am I getting near the brook? You know, everyone was secure because everyone received a gift from God. And another metaphor is this. It's like a feast. And you know, when God gives us His portion, how many of you know it will always be more than enough because His cup, His measuring cup, is different from our measuring cup. He's always using a big measuring cup. And when He gives you His cup, I believe that it will be more than enough for us. And we can always be secure. Whatever you have in life right now, for those of you who are watching, you know, we can rejoice. This is my main point. One takeaway. We can rejoice in any circumstance when we are in Christ. Because we know that He'll take care of us. We know that our lot is secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Amen. Can we all stand up right now? I want to pray for you as we end this service. I'd like for you to lay hands on your heart right now. Let's just ask the Lord for to give us a heart of contentment. Lord, help us. Lord, I thank you. First of all, we want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what we have. Thank you for where we are. Thank you for what you've given to us. Thank you for your allotment. 
that we have in life. We are not to look at to our neighbor to the left, nor to the right, nor to the front, nor to the back, and compare ourselves and ask, Lord, why only this? But we thank you that you have secured our cup, and it's a divine gift from you. Nothing more, nothing less that we can handle because you have given us and you have made us a steward of what we have. And I thank you, Lord God, that you'll also give us joy to overflowing in whatever circumstance. Maybe some of you watching, you are in a dire situation right now. You are maybe in a sickness uh, trial. Maybe you are in a failed marriage. You know, the Apostle Paul is saying you can actually find your joy because you are in Christ. And you can actually still find joy to overflow in whatever situation you're in. So Lord God, I thank you that you will infuse your people with fresh joy and fresh faith even today. And may your heart, Lord God, be pleased with us because Lord, as a people, we don't want to complain. But we want to just say, thank you, Lord. And we want to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.